Welcome to another episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. I'm your host, Grace Opa for Raza. Today's topic is on multibanks. All around the United Kingdom, there is evidence of growing need. As many as 40% of families have said they cannot afford to heat their homes. Malnutrition among children has been reported as already doubling in some parts of the country. Doctors are now social prescribing non-medical essentials like food in pilot projects around the country. And some patients are now being prescribed help with heating due to their worsening health. Disabled patients say they cannot afford to switch on the medical equipment that conditions require them to use at home. And now, illegal money lenders are hovering outside the corner shops, the pub and the betting shops, and also sending out messages by text and online. These loan sharks are cycling the 1.2 million Britons who are now deep in debt, with a January 2023 poll reporting 1.5 million of the public are borrowing on the black market. And while compassion is not running dry, some charities' funds are. Just as breadwinners are running out of bread, some food banks risk running out of food, and people who have little and who have been given to those with nothing are now under as much financial pressure themselves as the hard-pressed families they want to help. And soon, if nothing gives... There will be charities that give up feeding the hungry so that they can help focus on the starving. Stop helping the badly housed because the attention has to be fixed on the growing army of homeless. Turn away the down at heel because they have only enough resources to aid the destitute. The Trust Falls Trust has expanded its network of food banks to over 3,000 across the UK. And many areas also have community food pantries, kitchens and lathers. Creative national charities like Fair Share and Inkind Direct have pioneered new ways of helping people obtain the provisions they need. Warm Welcome now offers 3,000 heating hubs in church halls, mosques, libraries and community centres across Britain. Now, there are clots, banks, toiletries, banks, beddings, banks, baby banks and hygiene banks created out of compassion for the desperate and those in their need. These new initiatives are being driven forward, as is so much of the new provisions being made available by the ingenuity and resilience of local leaders who have now taken over from where the welfare state had fallen short to become Britain's front line in the fight against squalor. These initiatives can be the building blocks for what we propose, the creation of the multibank, a bank of banks in communities that need it. A food bank, clothing bank, toiletries bank, bedding bank, baby bank, hygiene bank and furniture bank all rolled into one. Multibanks will work best if they are created by local people and place-based charities because their success will depend on local agencies and volunteers and local professionals like social workers, health visitors and teachers knowing what's happening on the ground in their locality and being in a position to guarantee to get the surplus goods companies donate to the multibank to the people who really need them. The idea is simple. Companies have the surplus goods people need and local charities know the people who need them. 
Of course, the suppliers will not normally know or have direct links with the individual in need, but the charities and their referral professionals do. And in a world of unmet needs and unused supplies, the multibank can bank the surplus stock and redistribute it to meet individuals' unmet needs by using companies' unused supplies. Businesses that see what we are doing combating poverty whilst combating waste are now fully engaged. A project can work in your area with a locally-based lead-coordinating charity to organize the flow of goods, warehousing system that receives, sifts, and then distribute goods, a referral system that ensures through a professional advice form, social workers, teachers, and health visitors, as well as food banks and local charities get the goods to the people who really need them. The multibank model offers more than an anti-poverty project. It is also an anti-pollution project. The multibanks encourages businesses and hard-pressed householders to embrace the circular economy through the creation of a repository warehouse or bank or surplus and unwanted but reusable household goods, food, clothes, toiletries, furnishing, beddings, children and baby goods. Instead of these surplus goods being wasted or destroyed, the multibank promotes recycling and reusing for the benefit of those in greatest need, while also enabling retailers to green bank their surplus products by depositing them in a warehouse before release for reuse by families in greatest needs. In this way, it ensures people and planet-friendly waste elimination by creating a circular economy based on repurposing surplus products for the public good. Goods from crockery to cots, beds to blinds and shoes to seating that are surplus to the retailer and destined for waste are already beginning to transform lives. This is going to be more important in the years to come. Every month, millions of new or like new products become surplus to requirements of retailers across the UK who are not only under increasing pressure to do more to deal with the waste, but are consistently exploring how to minimize waste. And this is where the multi-bank can help. This introduction leads into the article written by the ex-Prime Minister, Gordon Brown. This was written in the Guardian newspapers. Corporate donors and others are giving toiletries, mattresses, soap and more to a new phenomenon. When Amazon and Tesco join a coalition of compassion, you know the welfare state is failing. Just over a decade ago, I was in Downing Street planning our country's pathway through the global financial crisis, completing a long-planned exit from Iraq, anguishing over soldiers' deaths in Afghanistan and implementing the second stage of the Good Friday Agreement on policing in Northern Ireland. I never once imagined that just over a dozen years on, I'll be having to negotiate a supply of 1.5 million toilet rolls for my local family center's anti-poverty work. And because 2023 finds mother reusing nappies, sharing toothbrushes, going without period products, washing their clothes without washing powder and washing themselves and their children without soap. 
Next week, fellow helpers and I have set ourselves the task of securing all these essential toiletries products for families in need. These are the latest supplies being added to the 600,000 surplus goods worth around £10 million that 30,000 families have so far received from the new multibank that volunteers have created where I live. Helping the hungry is like life-saving work of food banks. Now, more than 3,000 in number. Helping the hungry is the life-saving work of food banks. Now, more than 3,000 in number, alongside the growing number of community kitchens, pantries, and ladders. But now, communities need not only a food bank, but a multibank. The biggest demand over the winter period had been for duvets, blankets and sheets to keep people warm and given to a multibank by Amazon, Fisher's Laundry, Scott Meat and the Textile Services Association. As spring moves to summer, these founding corporate donors are being joined by Tesco and the online home shop, which are donating clothes and homemaking goods. Tins of food from Morrison's, Pepsi Co., Scott Mead and Heinz, toiletries from Acrol and Unilever, paint from local suppliers, and we are now about to receive mattresses thanks to wheat bread. This is the kind of distribution revolution we need for the urgent relief of the poverty in our midst. After last month's punishing rise in food price inflation, telecoms, council tax and other prices, hardship and the requirements to relieve it, it is not diminishing but increasing. For sadly, under this government, Coronation Britain is also a divided Britain, a country in which with every month that passes, the poor are becoming even poorer. The fanfare for a king cannot obscure what is unfair for others, rising deprivation among those without power or money. Regrettably, too, the national mood seems different from the last coronation. After years of wartime and post-war austerity, the British public of 1953 was optimistic about the future. This time, as charities take over from the welfare state as a national safety net and the food bank, not the social security system, is fast becoming the last line of defense against destitution. It is difficult not to fear for the future. The record is clear, declared as in denial. Rishi Sunak, in a Prime Minister's questions answer to Keir Starmer a few days ago, the number of people in poverty is lower. The most generous way to explain his interpretation of the data is that he is looking at charts upside down. For the official government statistics actually show that last year, there were 14.4 million people living in poverty, 1.4 million more than in 2010 to 2011. To call his claims fake news elevates what he is saying to what Churchill once called a terminological inexactitude. A more worrying kind of misinformation designed to mislead the public about the kind of society we are becoming. And when this erroneous claim of declining poverty is one of complacency, ignorance becomes a form of arrogance. Child poverty is now rising inexorably to 4.2 million children and soon it will entrap a record 5 million children. So we should be debating solutions to the problem we face, not denying there is a problem 
And these grim statistics explain why 2.1 million people are using food banks and why most poor children are in families on low pay. With this decade, 1.5 million more working households unable to make ends meet even after working all hours God has given them. I'm talking to mothers who can't sleep at night because they are worried sick about not having breakfast for their children before they go to school and who are ashamed they have to queue to use food banks. There are some images that never leaves you, images that are so haunting they encapsulate the trials and tribulations of the times we're in. The story of a 10-year-old sleeping on bare floorboards with only a threadbare sheets covering him of a mother feeding her children at the expense of herself and relying on leftovers, trying to sleep through her hunger, of a single father who says he can't cope anymore, dumping a 16-year-old son in floods of tears at a charity warehouse, leaving the desolate young boy to the compassion of staff and later the mercy of a care home. These are real-life tragedies that capture a poverty that seems even worse and much more entrenched than what I saw growing up in the mining and textiles town. At a time when slum housing was still rife, and the children of traveling people regularly turned up at my school ill-clad and disheveled in poorly fitting second-hand clothing. It is because this new phase of poverty in a Caroline era recalls the Victorian age of a century and a half ago, more so than the Elizabethan one we have just left behind. That more than a hundred public figures led by Joseph Runtree Foundation and the Trussell Trust have pleaded that the government introduce a new anti-destitution guarantee that will meet the cost of basic essentials to end the growing reliance on charity for food. The Cottage Family Center in my own community recently came across four children who took it in turns one night in every four to sleep on a threadbare second-hand settee. The family had not one bed to their name. Some time ago, a Leeds teacher was so shocked to see her kids falling asleep in her classroom that she began collecting beds for the children in her care. The right to a bed campaign that she inspired has given birth to bedding banks all over the country. When rising energy and food prices are not the fault of the millions in poverty, we have to take the shame out of need to meet this new epidemic of rising poverty. We have no alternative but to launch a nationwide appeal with a view to uniting the country across the immediate relief of poverty. This week, a pamphlet, The Multibank and How to Create One, will set out the five experiment, which has already been replicated by the Brick by Brick project in Greater Manchester. The multibank is a very simple idea to connect the companies that have surplus goods that people need to the charities, social workers, teachers and health visitors who know the people who urgently need the goods. We are now asking retailers and supermarket chains to donate their surplus goods, informing them that instead of destroying leftovers, they can join an anti-pollution initiative that transfers their goods to families in need and helps create a circular economy. And we are asking manufacturers to do special production line, runs of essential products at cost price, reminding them that the recipients will be families who cannot afford to buy their goods this year or next, but may be the customer in the future. I want churches, community groups, charities, counselors, 
and companies who have all shown great concern about this new epidemic of poverty in our midst to come together in a new UK-wide coalition of compassion. To his credit, King Charles has called for today and Bank Holiday Monday to be the big help out, a day of community volunteering as a lasting legacy of his ascension to the throne. If we all travel under the same banner of a poverty-free Britain, the irresistible force of public pressure can defeat a currently immovable object of demeaning poverty and begin to change post-coronation Britain for the better. Gordon Brown was Prime Minister from 2007 to 2010. This has been Grace Upper for Raza, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. Be safe and be positive. See you on our next episode. Bye for now. You can leave your comments on our social media handles or our email address risingaboutshadowsofabuse at gmail.com. Take care.